You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The GOAT does it again as the Bucks dominate the Chiefs in last night's Super Bowl 55. It's the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm your new Monday host, Bo Brock, daily host of Locked On Cardinals. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On NFL Pods at Bob Rack. Easiest way to find me at B-O-B-R-A-C-K. On this podcast, we are going to talk to the host of Locked On Bucks, David Henderson. He's going to break down the dominating performance from Tampa. Then we're going to get the other side, the other perspective. Chris Clark from Locked On Chiefs tells us what went wrong for Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City. Plus, there were some awards given out this past weekend. Who brought home the hardware from the 2020 season outside of Tom Brady and the Buccaneers hoisting the Lombardi Trophy? Also, fill you in on the latest class of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, a star-studded class getting enshrined this summer and getting their bust displayed in Canton, Ohio. But let's get into the contest from last night. Tom Brady adds to his legend his seventh Super Bowl ring. It was a 31-9 drubbing. Tampa Bay Buccaneers all over the Kansas City Chiefs. The GOAT efficient, over 200 yards passing, three touchdowns, a pair of those TDs to his old buddy Rob Gronkowski. And that duo... There's nobody better than them. The outright playoff record for the most passing touchdowns by a quarterback and pass-catching tandem in NFL history. Oh, and they added another score later in the first half. But it was Tampa's defense that was incredible. Todd Bowles dialing up all the right blitzes and right coverages, stifling Patrick Mahomes in this Chiefs offense. No touchdowns the entire game. The first game with Mahomes... At quarterback for the Chiefs, that have, they've failed to find the end zone. Just three field goals from Harrison Bucker, and that's the only scoring for Kansas City in the Super Bowl. The only thing that was less impressive was the halftime show. We all heard all the crazy statistics of Brady appearing in its 10th Super Bowl, but his team had never scored a touchdown in the first quarter. He changed that last night. Opened up the scoring. The Bucs were able to score a back-breaking TD late in the first half. Much like the NFC Championship game, they had the locker room at 21-6. You couldn't count out the Chiefs just yet, but the Bucks' defense didn't let up in the second half. Actually, more impressive down the stretch. They only uh, give up three points in the second half. Uh, just an incredible performance. For me, pretty unbelievable to see Bruce Arians win one as well. I covered B.A. for five seasons when he was the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, a guy that had to wait until he was 60 years old for his first head coaching opportunity. He was coming off of being the interim fill-in for Chuck Pagano when he was battling cancer for the Indianapolis Colts. He takes Andrew Luck and leads that Colts team to a playoff berth, gets the Coach of the Year honors, and then transformed the Cardinals organization, poured everything he had into coaching that team, And uh, those teams would do anything for B.A. And it was uh, devastating to see him retire. But you kind of knew that was the right move because at the time he was dealing with some health concerns. B.A., Bruce Arians, kind of like your fun uncle. He's somebody that you'd love to grab a beer or maybe even a stronger beverage with and definitely somebody you'd like to work for or be coached by. You know, known for so many colorful phrases as 60 and sexy, no risk it, no biscuit. 
He's done so much and continues to do so much for the game of football, giving and creating so many opportunities for minorities and women in the sport on his coaching staff. He dialed up Big Ben to Santonio Holmes, the game-winning call as offensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers so long ago. Now Bruce Arians is a championship-winning head coach. Enjoy it, B.A. You've earned it. David Harrison of Lockdown Bucks joins us here on the Lockdown NFL podcast. David, Brady delivered the only way he could. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl champions. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, what a way to end a season that, I mean, it's, it just hasn't been easy. And I mean, it hasn't been easy for anybody, but you know, you talk about Tom Brady leaving, you know, the home that he's built for the, for the, you know, the last 20 years or so, uh, the system quarterback stuff hanging over his head and how could he ever, you know, survive without coach Belichick. And then the age concerns, the injury concerns, and then coming to a fan base that honestly was split 50, 50 between half the group one to keep Jameis Winston and half the group, uh, happy to see Tom Brady coming in, you know, the, then the COVID stuff hits and uh, some struggles early on with getting on the same page with his new receivers is his new, his tight end coming out of retirement needed some time to get into shape and then injury concerns. And then the losing streak, if, if you really want to identify it as that, and then uh, the latest buy in the national football league. And then, I mean, they finished the season on an, on an eight game winning yeah. streak uh, hoisting the Lombardi. So, I mean, what, what better way uh, to close out this chapter of, of the Tom Brady story? Was there more of a perfect fit for head coach Brady going from Belichick to a guy like Bruce Arians, who's, you know, going to coach him hard and then hug him hard later? You know, I think that honestly, it's just, it's kind of a sequence of perfect situations for, for Tom Brady. I mean, I, I don't, I mean, you know, I haven't had a whole lot of time to kind of digest it all, I guess. But when I look back and, you know, who Tom was coming out in the sixth round and what, what he went through at the University of Michigan with being the guy, but then not being the guy and, and all that going to a, an organization into a system that is kind of as rigid and kind of gives him his left and right limits and tells him, this is what we expect of you do that. And you'll be successful. I think it's kind of perfect for a guy in his situation. And then he comes through it. And now in the, in kind of the twilight of his career, I guess he comes to a scheme and a system where it says, okay, you tell us what you want to do and how you want to be successful. And let's go out here and just kind of have some fun uh, and play the game. We've been talking about this, you know, uh, beat writers, team reporters, and, and all of us have been kind of talking throughout the year of, you know, we haven't been covering Tom Brady from a from close-up angle all, the, all this time, but he looks like he's having more fun uh, just being a football player and being an NFL quarterback this year than we've ever seen him have. And, you know, perhaps that's just, you know, us from finally having that up-close look. But uh, I, I just think it's a perfect situation for him, perfect situation for Bruce Arians. Uh, you know, Byron Leftwich, he gives him a quarterback that can do a little bit of everything. And, yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the pieces just fell into place. And I don't know, for, for some reason, it just, even in kind of the low parts of the season, it just never really felt like this wasn't going to be a team that was contending at the end of the season. David Harrison, Lockdown Bucks. Give him a follow on Twitter, at DHarrison82. Great follow on social media. Let's go through that. You mentioned the eight-game win streak that they finished on. But let's go through the evolution of this team because it certainly took its lumps before yeah. finishing uh, hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. Yeah, it did. I mean, whether whether you're talking about continuity, you know, uh, chemistry, whatever you want to call it, and then you're talking about the injuries, of course. I mean, he, he and Mike Evans specifically start off the season. Mike is, is injured before they even get to week one, and, and that obviously isn't going to help uh, two, two star players kind of get on the same page. And uh, then they, they lose some other players, and they have some defensive struggles going on and uh, lose Ali Marpet for a stretch there. I mean, it's you can tie all the struggles back to kind of one specific thing, you know, and then having uh, Jake Arians, the, the son of head coach Bruce Arians, on our show a few times because obviously he's got a, a tie to the team and a tie to the coaches. But he's also a former NFL player himself, so he's got that experience. 
um, he's, he's was kind of available to kind of break it down to us that, you know, by the time you get to like week 13, you're, you're at 70%. If that, you know, the, the most healthy or the healthiest guy in your locker room is going to be 70%. And that's where the Buccaneers had their bye week. So when you, when you put in that context, you see those, those two games they lost right there before the bye, but then you see the way they came out of the bye. I mean, I think it's just a story of resiliency and the story of everybody working in unison, nobody being selfish, even Leonard Fournette. I mean, when, when he was a healthy scratch, he admitted himself that a younger Leonard Fournette would have thrown an absolute fit uh, being a healthy scratch for, for an NFL game like that. But it kind of shows you just how much he's grown as well in this environment. And a lot of the, these people are the same people. You know, this is, this is a, a, in large part, this is the same team we saw in 2019, just a year older, a year more mature. And then now with the proper pieces and, and some of the veteran leadership to, to really kind of tie it all together. Uh, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, you know, combining for three catches and 40 yards in their first Super Bowl together, hopefully their first of many. Um, and neither of them could, are upset. Neither of them could, you know what I mean? Like you, you'd have think you'd have thought both of them just came out and won an MVP with how happy they are for them, for themselves, obviously for their teammates, for their team, for the city of Tampa, the fans of, of the Buccaneers who have dealt through decades of, of struggles. Um, it doesn't phase any of them, you know, a single bit, whether, whether their stat box was stacked or their stat box was, was relatively empty. They're all happy for each other and they're all happy to finally be here. Brady was efficient all night, 200 yards over, you know, as far as his yardage, just over 200 yards, three touchdowns. But let's talk about that Todd Bowles coach defense. It was, yeah. it, it was the difference in this game, wasn't it? Absolutely. I mean, Todd Bowles is the MVP of the Super Bowl. Make no mistake about it. Um, I mean, if, if, if a coach, if coaches were eligible, uh, he would have won, you know, unanimously. And, and uh, you really looked at the defensive side of the ball. I was having this conversation with a few people as the game was kind of getting into his waning moments. And you were kind of looking to identify – a defender, you know, I mean, does, did Devin White do enough to take the the MVP, Levante David, Antoine Winfield? I mean, all those guys either had big tackles, you know, some sacks were on the board. Uh, Shaquille Barrett was the name that got dropped, and then Winfield had the takeaway. I mean, uh, you just, you had a plethora of defenders that could make a case for really being an impactful part of the game, but at the same time, they were all such an impactful part of the game. It's hard to separate one from the rest. So, you, when you, so the default answer is what? It's quarterback, right? I mean, that's that's the answer you're always going to yeah. run back to. Um, but yeah, Todd Bowles, 100%. And, and you know, and, and just kind of shows the man that he is. He was asked a lot about his scheme and his approach and his attack. And, you know, just like the leader that you expect Todd Bowles to be, he turned it back on his players every single time and gave them all the credit while they all sat in their own uh, Zoom conferences and gave him all the credit. So, I mean, it just it just shows you how how in unison they are, how in sync they are. But, yeah, Todd Bowles absolutely is the reason that the Buccaneers won this game the way that they did. It was uh, it was kind of – it was like he was a maestro. I mean, he was just yeah, dialing up yeah, the blitzes really at the right time. You, you know, all the pressure on Mahomes, over 50% of his dropbacks, two picks, three sacks. Yep. I mean, something that the NFL has been struggling to do for three seasons. Slow down Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Yeah, I mean, a, a streaking fan who's probably in jail right now uh, crossed the goal line more times than the Kansas City Chiefs offense did. So, It's great stuff. David Harrison, one last question for you. Coach Arians, B.A., Tom Brady, both immediately locking themselves, at least in for next season. What's What has to be done for an encore in 2021? Yeah, they got a lot of contracts to go through. They've got a lot of free agents. Chris Godwin, obviously, is going to be one of the big names. Levante David is on expiring contract. Shaquille Barrett is on expiring contract. And Dominican Sue is on expiring contract. Look, they all see the value in coming back together. They all see the value in keeping the band together, as you like to put it, running it back, as everybody likes to say. And I feel like for, you know, for the nucleus of the team, they really want to. Shaq Barrett said in his conference that uh, he's already planning on telling his agent, look, I want to be here. Um, so, so let's make it happen. And he said he doesn't expect it to be a long, drawn-out process. And that's great. 
the night of the Super Bowl win. But we know how this business works, and his agent is Drew Rosenhaus. So I don't know how quickly he expects to have something done. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And then, of course, you know, the salary cap situation has got to get figured out as well. Uh, there's a lot of decisions. I mean, Ryan, John, Ryan Jensen, the center, has had a relatively good season. He's kind of always good for one of those bad snaps like we saw today. But for the most part, he's done really well. He's been a leader on that team. He's making $10 million uh, next year with zero dead cap if they move on from him. I don't think they want to move on from him, but is he going to be willing to give give up maybe $3 million salary to give them some flexibility? Uh, Donovan Smith is a guy who probably had his best year as a pro at left tackle this year for the Buccaneers. He's He's got a, he's got a pretty hefty price tag, and again, no dead weight. Uh, if they if they move on from him either, is that going to be a situation where they get him to kind of renegotiate or restructure? Ali Marpet, uh, the left guard, already restructured this year. Mike Evans already restructured in 2020. So, I mean, there are things that they can do. And Jason Light and Mike Greenberg, uh, they're in the Buccaneers front office, have already proven to be geniuses in managing that kind of stuff. And I kind of look at it, you know, if, this, if the New Orleans Saints are going to be able to put together a competitive team with the situation they're in, there's no reason the Buccaneers can't find a way for the money to bring everybody back. It's just a matter of everybody being willing to come back, understanding they need to get paid enough to let them bring back everybody. David Harrison, give him a follow on Twitter at dharrison82. Just such an incredible season so far, or such an incredible season for the Bucks. You have to tune in, listen to just the full recap at Locked On Bucks on Twitter, the Locked On Buccaneers podcast. David, storytelling throughout the season has been phenomenal. Thanks for joining us here on the Locked On NFL podcast. I appreciate it, Bo. Thank you. This episode of the Locked On NFL Podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Now, I did have the Chiefs minus three last night. That was a big, fat loser. But the total was 55.5. I took the under. That was a big winner. Only 40 total points scored in the contest. So it was a split for me, and I was betting in the only place that I trust. That's BetOnline.ag. I signed up for a free account, BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code locked on one word, and I got a 50% welcome bonus, which is still available for you. Now, the NFL, it might be in the rearview mirror, but you still have tons of college basketball, the NHL, and NBA games to bet on, and we're less than a month away from March Madness. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get into the action. Don't forget to use the promo code locked on to receive that 50% welcome bonus. If you put it in 100 bucks, you'll get 50 free dollars to play around with. 50 gets you 25. Bet online. Your online sports book experts. If you're wondering what happened to your former Monday host, Peter Bukowski of the Locked On NFL podcast, he's still doing great work for the Locked On Podcast Network. He is actually the host of Locked On Today. And it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Not just NFL news, but the biggest sports stories going on right now. Peter's going to break it down for you. All in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today podcast, wherever you get podcasts. It was Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, having never taken one on the chin like they did last night, the 31-9 Super Bowl outcome as Tom Brady, he hoists his seventh Lombardi trophy. We go to the other side. Chris Clark of Locked On Chiefs at Chris Clark NFL on Twitter. Give him a follow. Great follow there. We witnessed a bunch of first Chris against the Chiefs a team uh, on a very large stage last night, the biggest one in the NFL. What stood out to you the most in the loss? I think there's a lot of things that stood out to me in that loss. Uh, Patrick Mahomes played his heart out. Uh, First and foremost, the kid is a competitor. I just, I was amazed by what he did. Uh, One of the stats that really came out of last night, obviously we knew the offensive line was going to be a little bit of an issue, but it turned out to be a bigger one than I expected it was going to be. He was pressured on 57% of his dropbacks. 
that's just insane. You cannot have that in the Super Bowl. And I get the Chiefs offensive line is down. I mean, obviously, you're on your, what, third left tackle, your second or third left guard, your only starting center, your only starting player from your offensive line, and your, what, second or no, third string right guard and third string right tackle. I mean, <laughs> what more can you say at that point? Uh, obviously, just too much to overcome in that regard, and it's really hard to watch because you allow a season – where Travis Kelsey had the best season of a tight end in NFL history. Uh, and honestly, Kelsey came up short in that game. Tyree Kill came up short in that game. And to a lesser extent, Daryl Williams did too on the goal line as well. Chris Clark, of course, locked on Chiefs. This was a game that was it was interesting because the final score isn't really indicative how close this one was early on. I mean, it, the, the Bucks did a good job in putting this one away in the second half. But we're staring down a 14-6 game going into halftime in a very crucial moment before we go to the locker room, what were your thoughts as far as how things transpired and how Tom Brady was able to uh, engineer one last touchdown drive before, <laughs> you know, they, they uh, go to the locker room and huddle up? Well, you really set me up for that one. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I guess I can chuckle a little bit right now. Uh, I understand why Andy recalled a timeout on third and two. Uh, you know, honestly, I think it was a good call at that time. Um, the defense had been playing pretty well in the first half. They stopped him on the first couple of drives. Tom didn't do anything the first two drives. Uh, so I understand why he called the timeout. You give yourself a chance if they can get another stop to be able to get more points before half and really be able to maybe come out to where you're leading after the first possession of the first of the second half. Uh, so I get that timeout, even though people will give Andy Reid a hard time for it. The thing I don't get, and I still will never understand this, even if I go back and rewatch the play, both of those pass interference calls were just complete crap to me. Uh, you know, the second one, even more so than the first. Mike Evans, if he's 10 or 11 feet tall, maybe he can catch that ball. But otherwise, the ball's not catchable. Therefore, it can't be pass interference. If you want to call holding, fine, call holding. But you don't give him the ball on the one-yard line. You just, you just can't do that. And then you sit there in the, you know, the play before that, Mike Evans gets called, uh, you know, has another defensive pass interference against Bashad Breland. When Breland is going to the ground, doesn't grab at him, but his body hits Mike Evans' ankle and it makes the receiver fall down. That, by definition, isn't pass interference. He didn't grab him. He didn't do anything. It's incidental contact, and that's not, by definition, pass interference. And you could still question whether or not that ball was even catchable. Yeah, Tyron Matthew was uh, obviously you, you pointed out he was involved in one of those plays, and I've covered Matthew since he was drafted at LSU by the Arizona Cardinals, and then eventually, you know, they uh, that that relationship ends up in divorce. He makes his way under the Kansas City Chiefs after a stint in Houston, and Matthew's been he he's he regained that All Pro level that he was playing uh, at to at one point in Arizona, but I hadn't seen him. Uh, be exposed or targeted like he was in last night's game. Have you seen that during his Chiefs career? No, I really haven't, and I was really shocked. Uh, I really had never seen that from Tyron. I did not expect that from Tyron. And honestly, going into halftime, I was worried that Tyron was going to get thrown out of the game mm -hmm. because you know he got that unsportsmanlike penalty right before half, which honestly... <laughs> If you want to talk about refereeing, that honestly was also a joke because Brady went up to him as well. So, I mean, if you're going to call it on Tyron, why aren't you calling something on Tom Brady? I mean, it wasn't like it was one player versus the other. Uh, and so, I, you know, I just don't get it. But, you know, the Chiefs lost this game because of other plays. It wasn't just the refing in the first half. Uh, you know, Travis Kelsey had a huge drop on the third down. Tyree Kill had the ball 
in his hands for what would have been a touchdown, or actually it was on his face mask because he mm-hmm. didn't get both hands on the ball, for what would have been a touchdown and would have changed completely the way the game was starting to begin with. Uh, and if they get a touchdown there instead of a field goal, it's a completely different ball game in my opinion. And honestly, you know, there are other plays. McCall Hardman looked like he was not in the ball game in the first half. Uh, I don't know what he was doing, but he was targeted two times early and it didn't look like he was running at full speed for his routes. Uh, and he would have been wide open if he was running at full speed. So uh, really hard to see. And then, you know, the the play late to Darrell Williams, you know, I don't know what you can say. Mahomes is doing his best Superman impression, uh, basically perpendicular to the ground, still throws the ball and hits Williams 25 yards down the field as he's basically laying out. Uh, and I just, I don't know how I got the ball there, but, you know, obviously it's not a catch. It's not a touchdown and probably too little too late, but that's just, you know, him making plays regardless of what else is going on. Chris, let me ask you this kind of a two-parter. Is this the most adversity during the Mahomes era in Kansas City? And how do you expect them to respond? I do think it's the most adversity he's faced so far. And honestly, I think he'll respond just fine. I think he is a huge competitor. And honestly, I think this is going to drive him even harder uh, than what he was going to be driven. But the key here is... He's also about to have off-season surgery for his toe. Sounds like he's going to be out six weeks, or sorry, six months. It could be something where he's not able to get back and actually start practicing until mainly through training camp. So, uh, you know, that's going to throw off his whole training schedule that he normally does every year. So question how he's going to deal with that. But it's my guess would be he's going to get into the film even more uh, and try to figure things out there. But really the bigger thing with Kansas City is when you look at the way this game played out tonight, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill got going late, but nobody else on the offense really did anything. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had a couple of nice runs, and uh, don't let me take anything away from him, but Byron Pringle didn't really step up, and really the guy that you needed to step up that you were hoping was going to step up was Sammy Watkins. This offense has been so dynamic when Sammy Watkins has been at full strength and been able to play, but at this point, I just don't see how you can pay him close to $10 million a year for what you got out of him this season. Locked on Chiefs is a must-listen today. And then, of course, the rest of the week. Can't wait to see what uh, you guys are going to be bringing up this offseason as well. Chris Clark, Ryan Tracy, you guys do great work. Congrats on the uh, solid season. Sorry it uh, ended in loss, obviously. But um, we appreciate you joining us on uh, the day after the Super Bowl. I appreciate you having me on, Bob. Thank you very much. If you're looking for something to help you with your seasons over blues with the NFL... Look no further than the best-tasting protein bar ever, the Built Bar. They made the announcement last night for their new Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bars, and they are absolutely delicious. They're available from the 9th through the 12th. I was fortunate enough to get a taste of these delicious Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bars. You got to go to the website right now. Get yourself a box, BuiltBar.com. You can also go there if you are a uh, veteran of the Built Bars. You're like, this is this is old news. I'm all about the Built Bars. You can go buy yourself a mix box, get into some flavors that you might not thought you wanted, or you can mix and match some of your favorite flavor combinations for a build-your-own box. All you want to do right now is go to BuiltBar.com. Enter the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's going to BuiltBar.com using the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. Anybody else see the tweet from Stephen A. Smith last night about Tyron Matthew? You can take it with a grain of salt. I understand some people just don't like Stephen A. Smith. You can take it with a grain of salt, the ESPN personality. This is what he tweeted out, and it's pretty interesting. Quote, 
Just receive a message from a former Patriot. Tyron Matthew made a wrong move. He poked a bear. That is Tom Brady. Brady is targeting him now, going right after him. Damn, this is something to see. And I, I completely agree. I've never seen Tyron Matthew targeted or exposed like he was in Super Bowl 55. It's the Locked On NFL Podcast. Your Monday host, Bo Brock, hanging out with you. Give me a follow on Twitter, at Bob Brock. You want to talk Cardinals? You want to talk NFL? I'm here for it. Hit me up whenever you'd like. Uh, there was some awards handed out. Of course, the NFL awards went down on Saturday night. And here's who took some, home some hardware. Your most valuable player was Aaron Rodgers. Just an unreal regular season. 48 touchdowns to just five interceptions. He completed an NFL best 70% of his passes. Your offensive player of the year was Derrick Henry, the running back of the Tennessee Titans, over 2,000 yards. Can't go wrong there. Your defensive player of the year, Aaron Donald, just named the award after him. His third time winning the award, 13 and a half sacks, the best defensive player on the league's best defense. Your offensive rookie of the year, Justin Herbert, tossed for an NFL rookie, 31 touchdowns for the Chargers. Your defensive player of the year, second overall pick out of Ohio State, going to the Washington football team, Chase Young. He had seven and a half sacks in his first season transformed Washington's front seven into an absolute problem. And then this is where I kind of took exception because uh, the comeback player of the year, and it wasn't the decision for Alex Smith. That's absolutely the right choice. The Washington football team's quarterback, he went 5-1 and one while under center for them. He received 49 of 50 possible votes. That's where I've got a problem with this. Somebody thought, and the lone vote went to Ben Roethlisberger. Somebody thought that big Ben Roethlisberger returning from his elbow injury was more impressive than Alex Smith undergoing 17 surgeries and almost dying. Somebody thought, ah, that's where you should probably just take that person's vote. That's ridiculous. It should have been unanimous. Alex Smith, his story is absolutely incredible and inspiring. And the fact that Big Ben Roethlisberger, which, yeah, yeah, look, it was, you didn't even know if he was going to be able to come back from the elbow injury. He did, and the Pittsburgh Steelers had a very good regular season with Big Ben back in the lineup. But it, his his comeback was no nowhere close to as impressive of what Alex Smith endured and came back from. Your coach of the year, Kevin Stefanski, leading the Browns to nearly uncharted waters 11 wins in a divisional round appearance. And then your Walter Payton Man of the Year award goes to Russell Wilson, a guy that can win it every year for what he does off the football field. Just an incredible human being, well-deserved for Danger Russ. The latest class of the Pro Football Hall of Fame was also announced. Who's getting a gold jacket? We'll have their bust enshrined in Canton this summer. It's a pretty incredible class. Peyton Manning, who changed the quarterback position and just took it to another level. Uh, Charles Woodson, who's tied to Peyton Manning. Of course, we remember Woodson besting Manning for the Heisman Trophy way back when. Calvin Johnson, the greatest nickname of all time, Megatron. Just an incredible, talented receiver for the Detroit Lions. Retired pretty early. And then John Lynch and Alan Fanica round out the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2021 You'd be hard-pressed to find, you know, a more talented class than this. And for somebody my age, just these were just absolute just household names across the board. Manning, Woodson, Johnson, a.k.a. Megatron, John Lynch, and Alan Fanica. Just an incredible class 
and uh, congrats to all those guys. And that does it for the NFL season. We've got a Super Bowl champion crowned. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And now it's off-season time. And the quarterback carousel continues. Multiple reports coming out that the Philadelphia Eagles are expected to trade Carson Wentz in the next coming days. And he could be the next blockbuster quarterback deal to uh, really just continue to shuffle things up across the league. You want to, of course, tune in to Locked On Eagles for the latest information. And I'm sure our guys Ross and Lucas will have the most up-to-date information and really kick off this NFL offseason tomorrow. Ross Jackson and Lucas Braun get the first crack at it. That's going to do it for me, Bo Brock. I'll talk to you next Monday. The Locked On Podcast Network has your Super Bowl recap covered from every angle. After this podcast, listen to Locked On today with Peter Bukowski for the biggest storylines, Peacock and Williamson for the X's and O's, and check out Locked On Chiefs with Ryan Tracy. Chris Clark and Locked On Bucks with David Harrison for more in-depth local expertise.